Craft Beer Radio, episode 474, on August 17th, 2018. And welcome, everybody, to Craft Beer Radio as we uh, celebrate Aretha Franklin with that. That's Think. And uh, we're in the middle of August. It's birthday time for a lot of people, I know. Um. Yeah, today was Max's birthday. He got a weed bench and an iPad. Those two big ones and a nice. toolbox. So. That's a varied assortment. But yeah. anyway, what we also have is beers, as you might expect. Happy birthday, Greg. Thank you, Jeff. What do you got for me? Let's do this one first. This is uh, Greenbrier Valley Brewing. Wild Trail Pale Ale. Wild Trail is a pale ale. Wild Trail Pale Ale. Wild Trail Pale Ale. Say that five Wild times. Trail ale. Wild Trail Pale Ale. Wild Trail Pale Ale. Wild Trail Pale Ale. Wild Trail Pale Ale. Okay. Wild Trail Pale Ale. Uh, it is a robust mango, tangerine, and piney flavor. Uh, f- <laughs> that's that's the flavor. I don't know why I read that. I just was reading, and okay, there you go. Uh, 5.7% off my volume. I meant to read the hops, which are Centennial, Simcoe, Amarillo, and Citra. Uh, the malts, uh, British Crystal Malt, and uh, I also use Maris Otter and American Two Row. This should be interesting because that's a that's a, that's a more um, deeper malt, uh, yeah, than you'd expect. I mean, Maris Otter is traditionally used in ESBs. Uh, British Crystal is going to be a uh, a more um, robust malt, and of course, American Two Row is a standard. Jeff is now doing a little bit of blendy blend with our beers. There's a lot I of did, foam on this. The reason I did that is because even though I poured it back and forth and back and forth, I looked in the bottom of my glass and I was seeing like uh, wisps, like, you know, like currents of, uh, of cloudy and currents of not cloudy. Well, it's like, in, I don't know if you've seen those nature documentaries where you have the, under the ocean, they're actually like lakes that are saltier than the other okay. ocean and and it's like this yeah this dense stuff that mm-hmm. just doesn't mix in so anyway uh there's so much head on this and yeah. i'm getting i'm really getting a hard time getting uh, aroma out of it. yeah it's kind of closing off the aroma you just kind of smell that like those that proteiny barley type you know co2 type yes. smell that's something that Nick told me. Uh, Nick is working at um, a, a bar. He, he's uh, bartending. Mm-hmm. He says that they have to, they're required to have head on their beer. If, if the manager sees them not have head on their beer, then they have to like work with it. And that feels wrong to me because there are some, because he's like, try getting a head on like a, <laughs> on a 12% barley wine. Yeah. I mean, I could see it for the beers that have head retention, mm-hmm. you know, and the too many places will pour Blue Moon up to the top, no head, you know, that kind of thing. And that's what the manager is trying to avoid. But yeah, if they take it like religiously to like make sure this hazy IPA or this, you know, 12% barley wine has a, right. a frothy head to it. And, and What do you do? Take some head off a different beer and, and slide it on top of this? I'm one of these beer guys... I may be the only one I know, but I don't think head is all that important, really, at all. I mean, I get that it, it's a, it can 
make some things start to come out a little bit more, start to it's, volatilize yeah. things a bit. But I, I think it's more aesthetic than anything else. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, an aesthetic. Um, depends on the beer, right? Like if I get a Pilsner, I want it with a nice head on it. You know, it's why you don't. I don't know. You don't drink the head. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Yeah, maybe there's just part of the tradition that you know, you know what, what a well poured beer looks like. Yeah, and there's just something to just revel in the the beauty of a well poured beer. It's part of the experience, right? Some traditions are stupid. They're stupid when you have to put head on a beer that doesn't mm-hmm. want to have head. Yes, but you know, making sure all your beers are poured properly, I wouldn't say is stupid. This does have a, a pretty malt-heavy mm-hmm. backbone. The the yeah, it's, it's got kind of a, a caramel thing going on. Yeah, the Maris Otter, though, it, for me, it's not coming across so much caramelly, but more of like a, a toasted bread, almost um, touch muffiny. But yeah. I mean, weirdly, I was thinking like a toasty bread with caramel mm. sauce on it. Or something. Right. <laughs> there's there's mm. something going on there. The the hops are mostly giving a a bit of a sort of marmalady aspect to it, like yeah. a little bit of a of a slightly tropical kind of pineapple marmalade thing. They're also kind of dry and scratchy, almost like a, a session IPA, like that kind of feel where you know you have that kind of. I don't want to describe it. Um, it's like a when session IPAs first started coming out, right? You would have mm-hmm. this like relatively light malt body, which isn't in this beer per se, but then the hops coming across it, it would be a little more grassy and a little more bitter, a little bit more papery and scratchy as well. And I'm kind of getting that with the hops on this one. Were it me, I would say. Go all in on the ESB. If you're using these ingredients, go maltier. Like, I, yeah. I say what they're saying, mm-hmm. but, like, I feel like this could be even better if there was even more malt. If, if the malt was even more profound here. You could still do the same hops, yeah. I think. Uh, and and you could have a more even more profound and, and, and um, deeper malt here. And it would be a really interesting contrast. I think you're right. I think that... This does kind of have the skeleton of an ESP. If it just had a little bit more malt to fill it out, mm-hmm. I think it would be pretty good. Yeah. Good call. But, I mean, in comparison to, say, like, last week's show, it's a perfectly drinkable and fine beer that I would not have, mm-hmm. a, uh, not have a problem having a second one of. All right, we'll kind of scoop out the pattern here. Let's go some Aslan Beer Company. Why not? Aslan presents to us. Oops, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> there it is. Johan the Mango Thief. Johan the Mango Thief. The Mango Thief. This is a nine point four percent alcohol by volume. 
a double IPA with mango and vanilla. So this is a milkshake IPA. Uh, super, uh, you know, New England style haze. And it's got, it's it's darker than, than I might have suspected. Yeah, I'd say it has this like bronze type color to it. Smells a lot like mango. Smells like mango. Smells hoppy as well. Almost like, uh, I guess, a kind of a mosaic galaxy type thing. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking galaxy. Yeah, there's a little bit of passion fruit coming off of there too. I think, and uh, it, it smells. Smell is forthcoming on this one. You know, sometimes you'll get these hazies where they. Um, you know, are a little closed off and you kind of get the odiness up front. And, yeah. And this one is giving you the mango and the, the hops. I do love it when the hazies really express a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of aroma. Cause that usually means that you're also going to get a lot of flavor too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Immediately. I love the texture. Immediately. I was like, yes, this is nice and creamy. Um, the the vanilla has an interesting sort of uh, it almost tones down some of the the mangoness a bit. It kind of balances it a bit. Kind of makes it feel like a milk like like a straight up milkshake. Yeah, like like a like a Jamba Juice something, right? I mean that or uh, like a loss the mango lassi or right, something like yes. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean not quite as. Didn't have like a tartness of a mango lassi, mm-hmm. um, nor the yogurtiness, but <laughs> it has a really very nice mango fluid kind of mango flavor that doesn't uh, doesn't overpower, and and the vanilla kind of helps that I think because the vanilla isn't like super apparent. I'm not tasting like oh pure vanilla, but I'm tasting the combination of the vanilla with the mango. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely integrated, right? It, it doesn't seem like, you know, vanilla coffee or vanilla stout mm-hmm. or something. It, it definitely makes it feel more like that mango lassi. You know, it doesn't have kind of the yogurty tartness to it, but it's closer than anything else I can think of. Quite drinkable. Yeah. Mm. It's also not... I like how this one doesn't have too much sweetness to it. Yeah, it's still... You got the fruity, you got some tartness from the fruit. And, you know, sometimes when you get that kind of, when you get a beer that tastes like this, it's those full-on milkshakes with the lactose and stuff. Yes. And they kind of can be really sweet. Yes. This one kind of stays away from that. I don't think there's any lactose in this one. Hmm. Thank you, Johan, for stealing those mangoes. <laughs> Yeah, or I'm well, trying to trying to think of a story here. He stole them and we got them back from him, or he stole them and he gave it to us. So then it's more like a Robin Hood thing. Oh, okay. Right. I just like how like <laughs> you know it's so hard to find a unique name that you just gotta make stuff up, right? Like, you know, 10 years ago, can you imagine someone calling a beer Johan the Mango Thief? Yeah, I can, but it probably wouldn't have gotten very far. Um, 
I think 10 years ago it would have seemed a lot stranger. Yeah. I think that's the key. It's like 10 years ago that kind of name would have been like, what? What are they going for? Whereas this would be like, eh, it's called Johan the Mike. No one else has used it yet. <laughs> well, they have another beer, Aslan, called The Passion of Johan. <laughs> nice. Which is passion fruit and vanilla, and vanilla double IPA. I like that this one gives him a uh, occupation, though. <laughs> Thieving. I guess a thief is an occupation in some sense. I mean, you don't really like put that on your on your tax form, but <laughs> or when you're like buying a car, <laughs> what's your income? Oh, a thief! About twelve you're mangoes. A 12 I'm ma- a mango thief. Twelve mangoes an hour. That was pretty yummy. Mm. So, 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 so. Shall we? Uh, I think the sour would be an interesting mix, but I don't know. Where do we go next? The The problem with the sour is we just had a fruity thing. Oh, okay. And so I'm thinking we actually go that way. All right. This is from Nathan. Nathan. Nathan gave this to us. Thanks, Nathan. This is Nognio's number 100. So it's a pretty old one. This was February uh, 2011. It's a barley wine. Uh, Nognio is in uh, Norway. This is their 100th batch. And yeah, 80 IBU, uh, 10% alcohol by volume. Look at how dark that is. It's like chocolate. Like a, like a, mm-hmm. um, not, not like, Oil, but like chocolate. Yeah, if you can get some highlights on it, it's kind of a tea ruby. Ooh, Ooh. So, you know, we got a, a barley one here that's at least seven years old. Mm-hmm. And the smell on it has some good age to it, you know. So, what do we smell? Plums and raisins. Plums, raisins, a little bit of soy, a little bit of oxidation, sherry. It's definitely the the old ale, barley wine type aroma mm-hmm. that I prefer over the more hoppy American style barley wines. Currants. Just enjoying the, the aroma now, just exploring. Yeah, it's so potent too. It's... it's it it's smelling it's like smelling like a you know a wooden chest or something like mm. that you know mm-hmm. there's there's some kind of woody notes coming out of the aroma as well. I think there's some like cocoa butter stuff going on in there. That's so good. It smells so good. <laughs> Dark fruits with the spices. It's almost like a um, sugar plum or something like that as well. Once they uh, invent smell a radio, then the first thing you got to smell is durian. (laughs) (laughs) Everything will be better than that. All right. Moving on to the flavor. Kind of, kind of, the first thing I'm getting is 
like a, a fruit cake, I guess, like a nutmeggy cinnamon fruit mm-hmm. cake. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there, you know, I've made Alton Brown sugar plums a few times, and that's dates and plums and uh, cardamom and sugar mm-hmm. and other spices and stuff all mixed together. And this reminds me a lot of that as well, which is very similar to the fruit cake you were describing. The very first sip, I was kind of it had a thinner body than I was expecting. I don't say I wouldn't say it's aqueous or watery, but I was. From the aroma, I was expecting something a little more chewy. And then... There's a little nuttiness there, like a walnut or something. Um, Yeah, it's pretty good. Frankly, from the aroma, I was expecting a bit more. Okay. Um, I mean, it tastes, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, but, I think the I think if the malt was a little fuller, yes, that, it might be a little more exactly enveloping. what I was going to say. It, it doesn't feel as full as I as I mm-hmm. would have expected. It feels a little yeah, like the lake weas, like you said, a little almost like the um, yeah, almost like you know the it attenuated a little lower mm-hmm. and has a lower gravity, you know, and more of the sugars are for, converted to alcohol. Type right. So that's a shame because it doesn't fill out as much as you would expect it to. Still some neat things to it, but yeah, it it's because it's missing like a little bit of that body. It's keeping it from being this like oh yeah, I just want to sit back. Yeah, there's a there's a part where it, where it's not flowering. It's not like mm-hmm. expanding into the rest of, of of your mouth. It's just sort of sitting on your tongue. And laying there, and the flavors are good, but when the flavors don't really evolve that much and they just sit there, it doesn't. It, it, just, it the experience is is much more muted. Yeah, I'm with you. I keep drinking it, and it's kind of just giving the same things. It's not really living up to its potential. <clears throat> well. And we're drinking it plenty warm, so we're at, it's at a good temperature where it should really come alive. Yeah. Uh, that's a little bit of a cola thing in there too. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's because like Coke particularly is a lot of nutmeg, and mm-hmm. I think it's 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 nutmeg in particular that's bringing that cola thing. But maybe I may be wrong on that. Okay. What is next? Let's go back to something hoppy. Mega Boss. Mega Boss oh, IPA. Not a mini boss. The Mega Boss. This is from Newberg Brewing. Mega Boss. American IPA loaded with eight. Count them eight. Hop varieties. 7% alcohol by volume. They don't tell me which eight. They just say that there are eight. So let's see. If you if you had to make a beer with eight hops in it, and you wanted to make what looks to be uh, at least a hazy IPA, if not a New England style, this one has kind. Of, I don't know if that's really a, a hazy. There's the picture on their website. No, well, maybe I need to pull more of the can, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh. Smell that before before we add any kind of hazy yeastiness to it. Smell that. It smells like lemon drop, right? It's it's super lemony. Oh, hmm. 
Let's take a sip of this beer before we add more. Okay. What do you think? So we're at the top of the can. What I did this time, it's a pounder can. I poured both Greg and my sample into my glass, and then I poured half of it into Greg's glass. It's one of the techniques we're experimenting with to help get us the same beer. But that does still mean that over half of this can is still in the can Mm -hmm. with all the hazy deliciousness or whatever it may be in the bottom. But so this beer pours with a slight cloudiness to it, but like, you know, it's like chill haze type cloudiness, like old type cloudiness. It's bright yellow. It has a very light and frothy head. When I poured it, the head was so light and frothy. I was initially worried about an infection. It was like so airy. Mm -hmm. But when I smell it, I don't smell anything too bad. What I do smell is like this kind of lemon drop wintergreen or something something slightly minty see i smell something that could be infection oh really that's what i was okay uh, when you told me to smell it the first thing i smelled was actually ooh, is there something gone off oh really okay is there some i haven't tasted it yet okay but is there some some acetobacter or Hmm. something in there maybe maybe there's a brett maybe some brett there so, like, so I'm thinking that when I said, like, lemon drop wintergreen, I smelled it again. I smelled more like um, lemon cleaner. Right. Yeah. That's, that was what I was getting okay. to. Yeah. This is bread in it. Um, I like to try more, but I mean. Yeah, it's definitely breaded. <laughs> it's super breaded. <laughs> Oh, got hazier. <laughs> you know what else? Like that first, you know, because the bread dropped the gravity on it. It was very dry. Have you heard about Brute IPAs? Uh, I've, I believe so. I, I mean, like, I'm not really super They're, familiar with it. It's the super, it's the newest IPA. Yeah. And it's... Uh, East End just put one out for the um, Fresh Fest, the the um, black brewery. And like a lot of the Pittsburgh breweries did collaborations with people of color. And the one that East End did was uh, for the culture. And it was a uh, brute IPA. And it's an IPA where I don't, I think you add some kind of enzyme to it to drop the gravity. Mm-hmm. And I've seen on Twitter, like some homebrewers, like with gravity readings. And it's like reading like zero point. Nine five, like it's drier than Orval, but it's an IPA. I mean, I'm not really familiar with with, with uh, gravity as it pertains to uh, particularly final gravity as it pertains to to beer and stuff like that. So, what would that mean? Under it's it's less dense than water. Ew. Yes, that would be. Hmm. That would. I guess that that does sound dry. <laughs> yeah. So Orval, I think, finishes under one, mm-hmm. like zero point nine seven or something like that. And Orval's a pretty dry beer. Um, so Orval would float on water. Presumably. Yeah. I mean, because the alcohol is less dense, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're you're averaging all the different right, components yeah. out. Um, and you got all those dissolved solids. So I think what you want with a Brute IPA is you get some enzymes to break down those solids, make them fermentable or something like that. 
Uh, anything interesting they were going for in terms of, of eight hops is, is destroyed by the Brett. Uh, but it doesn't make it a bad beer, which is the 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 irony of Brett is that yeah. <laughs> it can make for some interesting beers that are not what the brewer intended. No, uh, this is yeah, this is a good beer, but it's not the beer that's on the label here. Right. It's this is a super dry beer. You get some really good uh, flavors like so what the brett is delivering this is one of the better bretted beers i've had in a while actually which is kind of you know weird uh when it's unintended mm-hmm. and it slipped into this can somehow yeah so let me you know, take another sip i do want to review the beer that's in the glass because the beer that's in the glass is interesting and yes good. but it would be hard to say you can get this beer no and i don't know how we're going to rank I, I, I don't think we can rank it because yeah. it's not what the brewer intended. Yeah. But I do want to talk about yeah. it some more. Yeah, so super dry. Still has that lemony flavor. The breath is coming across... Oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's lightly minerally, but it's not so much that it tastes chalky or granity or anything like that. You get this nice mineral-type dryness to it. There is... A little dusty. A little dusty. It's not like, I, you know, one of my main adjectives for Brett is leathery. I, I can't go there with this It doesn't one. go leathery. Yeah, no. it doesn't go leathery at all. It's, it's not really barnyard. It's not horse blanket. It's not funky, really. It's very clean. I guess minerally is his main character. A little the, woody. Yeah. A little mushroomy, maybe. Um, shiitake. I mean, think of woody mushroom. Yeah, I was thinking Woody, but I really couldn't couldn't drive it home. But I think you're right, actually. Almost like uh, oh, if I was um, if I knew my woods better, but it reminds me of like this kind of like light, like an ash or something like that, like a like a light white wood. Type. It, it reminds me a bit of this. I have this umami powder. Which is just basically dried shiitake turned into balls and, okay. and then salt. Shiitake and salt like in little, little tiny balls. You can add it to things and add a lot of umami stuff. And there's a th- similar kind of thing coming off of this. Okay, there's dates on this game. Let's see what it says. 6618. Mega... Mega, wait, what? Mega Bossum? Oh, because it's Boss. Okay, yes. Mega Bossum. Mega Bredum. Ah. And it, yeah, it, I think it, the, it, the irony is it's one of the better Brett beers. We've had in quite a while. We've had in quite a while. It's, but it, it's not something that we can say, oh, you'll be able to get this. This is what the brewer intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, something got in. I'm pretty sure that if this were a week old, this wouldn't taste like this. Two weeks old. I mean, because it would take some some time for the Brett to do what it has done. Yeah, it's like two and a half months old. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. What that says to me, though, is that maybe brewers should think about making a pretty hefty IPA and bread it and see if you get something I mean, people, similar. People have done that, right? You have um, 
Brett, uh, well, East End has done Bread Hop, but there is this kind of a barrel aged version. Not quite this, not quite a clean. Victory's done it with um, Wild Devil. Yeah, but but use these fruitier hops. Use, sure. use these yeah. mango, passion fruit. Bring these less uh, less sulfury hops to the table. And, and you, you probably remember that Stone did those. You know, they have the Enjoy Buys, but then they yeah. put out a series of Enjoy Before. Uh, no, it was like wait until I oh. forget what it was called, right? But there are basically beers meant to be conditioned. Yeah. And instead of them eating up capital, warehousing it, they were putting it on the label, you know, save this for six months, mm-hmm. you know, and selling it then. Interesting idea. I don't think I haven't seen those lately. I don't know if they're still doing them. Well, if they don't sell, then <laughs> that, that's the thing. You have to convince the people to buy something and keep it and not. Right, and then you hold on something for a year, and it doesn't really develop, right? Right. Well, I mean, it's just the average consumer isn't going to go around that, and and if you want to empty a warehouse full of those, you have to at least assume that some of the average consumer is going to go for it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like some of the average consumer is going to go for it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. And then it's like you know, Brett could be pretty fickle too. Like yes, like a lot of the time, like you know, you could buy. For every Brett beer that you sell her, you're only going to get one of these out of I mean, and the thousand. thing is, this could have been in a can of four, or a set of four, and they could have all had the same Brett, and one could be awful. Right? I mean, it... it yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of part of why that happens is because Brewer's Yeast is like the thoroughbred, right? They've been selected to do what they do, mm-hmm. and they do it consistently. Brett, not so much, right? So there's not as much consistency. And this could... this. This is probably changing by the day, especially since White Labs and White Yeast have been putting out Brett cultures, you know, for years now. But it doesn't have a hundred years of selection to keep it from doing, keep it, you know, consistent all the time. Nor is there really, I mean, there is some pressure they're putting on it, but not a huge amount. It's not the same kind of... Not the same amount of time dedicated to it. Well... I mean, we finished it. <laughs> I know. It was good. It was, like I said, you know, for a bread beer, that was really good. It, I loved how dry it was. I loved the lemon flavors. Mm-hmm. There was nothing wrong with it other than it did not describe. It did not taste like the beer they're describing. All right. So let's go for the, let's go for Pichirillo. All right. I brought this back from Seattle from Urban Family. 6.2% alcohol volume with 35 IBU. Uh, Urban Family makes good sours. They do. They certainly do. This is the second. I brought back another, the other sour. It was, um, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was, had a red label. So, uh, Amarillo Dry Hot Peach Sour. All right. This guy pours with a, just a light haziness to it. Keep it from being clear, crystal clear. It has a tight head on it. It's a real nectarine kind of aroma coming off of it with, with some sour stuff, mm-hmm. too. There, yeah, there's some peach there too. I guess. Um, 
Yeah, this wouldn't have been my first choice, just because I'm not a huge Amarillo head. Okay. Um, that said, it may have been my first. It may have been my first choice because I would say, "I'm not a huge Amarillo head. Let me try it." So <laughs> I go through those those stages, right? Right. Well, you when know, I'm when I'm in like Tucson, I'm like, probably wouldn't like this. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> so when I'm bringing something home, right? Now, I was at Urban Family enough to taste every beer they had on tap, and uh, I I don't remember. It's been so long, but I remember that uh, both the sours that I brought home I enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah, so the aroma isn't isn't huge. It's not fully expressive and open. You're getting some really, really ripe peach. Um, not quite canned peach, though. More like more like the peaches I have upstairs off my neighbor's tree, which these things are amazing. I'll give you one on your way out. Okay. They're just they're almost like candied peaches. They're so sweet. They're so uh. good. And uh, so I'm getting a little bit of like super ripe, soft, squishy peach pulp. On the aroma, the you can smell that it's a tart sour beer, but you know it has kind of a richer sourness to it. Like it doesn't smell kettle, it doesn't smell bread. It's it's really hard yeah. to tell like what I'm going to get from, just from the aroma. It's got a big um, vinegary punch to it, mm-hmm. so. Um. Yeah, it's 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 strong. It has kind of a a, a sherry vinegar like thing going on. There's a lot of there's, there's a good amount of fruit flavor, and there's a lot of a, a lot of almost like a shroom, right? Or you know, that vinegar, drinking vinegar mm-hmm. that you mix with um, soda water. Kind of gives you that the peach. It's more peachy on the aroma than the flavor. And the flavor, I'm kind of getting this like peach essence on a simple syrup type flavor. Mm. Not sure what exactly the the dry hopped amarillo was bringing to the party. It may be just because it's older and the dry hopping kind of has faded away. Could be. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not really tasting too much. And maybe there's a little like subtle kind of hoppiness overlaying it but it's it's playing really with like playing with like the peach skin type flavor that's in there yeah yeah because there's like this peach skins flavor that's like lightly going across the middle of your tongue there and the hops might be playing with that but it's really mild and mm-hmm. mellow it's like you, you would only find it if you're looking for it and because of that i'm not even sure it's there right it has a good I like kind of how where the sour lands on this, right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it isn't too sour, but it's also not too off the shelf. Yes. You know, there's some development to it. There's um, you're not being overwhelmed, but you're also being significantly satisfied in terms of sourness. I think, and uh, you're getting a strong, consistent sour that doesn't fade. It isn't like a, isn't like a sour drop candy where it's sour and then it goes away mm-hmm. uh it isn't like something where it makes you pucker so much that your lips are, are being torn apart or your cheeks rather um but it, it's it's consistent it's there it's not 
deviating from its sourness, but it's at the same time not yet, not overstaying its welcome. It's good. Real good. Really well controlled. Yeah, I agree. This is Urban Family Brewing in Seattle. Looking forward to trying more of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Next time, next time you're in Seattle. To find an excuse to get out there again. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I was uh, emailing Gary today. He he was asking if we wanted to go. You know, he's a equity for punk. Mm-hmm. Yes, we wanted to go to the, the big brew dog. Um, like rock festival. It's next weekend. I got soccer stuff. I can't. Yeah, I saw that go. too. I was like, I'm, 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 I can't just run out to Columbus like that. But yeah, but then he asked if we were going to GABF this year. I'm like, no, we're not. But we, I kind of was thinking out loud when I answered him. Like, we really need to book a beer trip. You know, we kind of have one. Yeah. On the books, we got. You know, we should just go somewhere. And I said, you know, we're not going to Denver or, but. Maybe Portland or something like that would be a place to go. I can go anytime. As long as you give me a t- month and a half notice or something. Okay. So, I, yeah. I guess it's, the onus is on me to clear it with the misses. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, we're kind of... Sorry, good. We're definitely due for a beer trip. It's been yes. a few years since we've been on anywhere. So, we should do that. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Our final beer of the night is we've had the non-barrel-aged version of this, but we haven't had the barrel-aged version of this. This is Mr. Sandman from River North. We're not going to play the Sandman stuff again, so... But um, what I will play is, uh, is this thing. I should find like a heavy metal version of this. I bet it's out there. <laughs> I bet it's out there. Well, Greg's looking for the heavy metal version of the Walk of the Baby Elephants. I will do the pitch. And that is, you know how you can support the show. It's the easiest way that we've come up with for you to support the show because it doesn't cost you a penny more than you would normally spend. We just have to affect your behavior when you go online shopping and are using that Amazon thing. That when you start shopping at Amazon, you don't go to Amazon.com. Instead, you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Doesn't, excuse me, doesn't cost you a penny more. And just because you started your shopping session at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, we get credit for driving the sale, and we get a cut of what you would normally spend. So instead of going to the, I think we steal the cut from Amazon. So, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. So let's see how good Greg's Google Foo is. Did you find any? Uh, this is somebody. This is Pantera and Walk of the Baby Elephant, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's not the same thing. I want, yeah, I want a metal version of the. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Get Nick to compose it for us. <laughs> he could. I mean, he could do the. You can do the guitar stuff for sure. Dun, 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 Somebody else would have to do the, dun, dun. the drums and stuff. Okay, so let me go back to the stats on this beer. Thirteen for two percent up thirteen point two. That's all. Yikes. No big Hey, that's that's the calculator, right? You never know what the barrel gave it on mm. top of that. 
That's the ABV whiskey barrel aged imperial stout. Yeah, um, smells. It, it has a sort of a whiskey uh, thing going on. No, definitely big barrely. So you get notes of vanilla and woodiness and kind of cinnamon, okay. caramel. I was hoping that that wasn't smelling what I thought I was and what I was, and I wasn't. Okay. So you used to not be a big fan of bourbon barrel beers. You that's st- still the same way? Yes, I would say that's still correct. Okay. Uh it's I'm I'm a f I think they can be really good when the bourbon is subtle. When the bourbon is played too hard. Okay. It feels So when there's too much whiskey in the flavor? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Take so a, like take a sip of this one. Because let me finish oh, my I'm thought, sorry. if I may. Yes, please do. I've been playing around with cocktails recently because Ooh. I've been realizing that why do I like beer? Well, it's because I like. I mean, it, it's it's a cool way to get some cool, luxurious flavors that you wouldn't get otherwise. Uh, and I've been playing around with cocktails, and you can get awesome flavors there too. A well done Manhattan is a pretty exceptional cocktail, and it's just bourbon and. Sweet vermouth. Okay. Uh, with some bitters. You like old fashions too, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but I've been expanding upon okay. other stuff. And I would say the Manhattan's better than, than the old fashioned. Okay. So I've been understanding more of where bur- you know, bourbon's role in, in, in things when it's a mixer. Right, not mm-hmm. as on its own. Right. I'm still not, and that's where. So I, I just I don't like bourbon on its own. I feel like it's overpowering, and I'm not. To, that's not to say that it can't be good. I've had really good bourbons, mm-hmm. but it's just not my cup of tea. And I realize also that if I were to spend ten years learning it, I would probably love it, and I would probably have like a whole section of things that I would say <laughs> right. is my best. Right. These are okay. Yeah. Um. So I I don't mean to like insult anyone. I just it's just not it's not a flavor that I've dedicated some my time into mm-hmm. really understanding too much. I think that kind of is where I'm at with wine, right? I know a couple wines that I like, but excuse me, uh, a little bit different with bourbon, right? I fell into it a little bit more. I haven't had to train myself to love it. You mm-hmm. know, I kind of wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> I can get into this, but I, I get it, right? You know, it's. You know, there's only so many drinks you can drink out there. There's only so many things you can train yourself to mm-hmm. like. And yeah. uh, it's just like there's only so many things you can learn. <laughs> it's a certain point where you, you you run out of space in the shot glass. And if you pour some, if you try to put some more water in it, some of the other water is going to pour out. So when I taste this one, when I smell it, I smell barely. I taste it, I don't taste like whiskey. I taste, you know, kind of the the good flavors of the bourbon mixed in with the beer. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think this one's pretty well integrated. It's more integrated than than, than I'm used to. Uh, it's kind of hot. Okay. It's... So it, it, it's, it's burning me a little bit, which is okay. like All not right. ideal. Okay. 
One of the neat things I'm getting here that is kind of unexpected is when I taste it, you know, you're getting the, the kind of the Imperial Stout has this chocolatey type character. The bourbon kind of makes it into so whiskey, wh- not bourbon. Oh, whiskey. OK, so the whiskey kind of gives it this kind of a little bit more of um, cocoa liqueur, Kahlua type thing, a little bit not so coffee, but kind of in that ballpark. But what I'm getting like from the the booziness that's coming off of this is more coconutty or rum like. So I'm getting like a little bit of pina colada, like a chocolate pina colada or like a rum. And and I find that interesting. I think it works really well. Almost like a mounds bar or something like that. You know, where you get like a chocolate coconut type thing going on. Or rum chata. I don't know if you've had that, but it's horchata rum. Oh, okay. Um in fact, I had a, I made myself a great white Russian, which was an ounce of milk, an ounce of vodka, an ounce of Kahlua, and an ounce of rum chata. Rum chata, okay. Really good. I love horchata. I love horchata. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. So I like kind of that that mounds bar type character I'm getting off of this mm-hmm. thing, and the, yeah, there's a little bit of booziness there. It's hard for me to feel compare like it's it to over boozy. It's hard for me to compare it to a pina colada because probably never had a good one, and all the ones I have had have been like super sweet. Maybe they are super sweet, but I bet you somebody knows how to make like a sure a big boy pina colada where it's coconutty and rummy and dry. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I mean, what goes in a pina colada, right? It, it's coconut rum and. Uh, I honestly don't even know what triple sack something like that. I don't um, know. And uh, if you add enough bitters, you do it right. I think you could mm-hmm. you could maintain a level there. Yeah, I, I want a pina colada for a whiskey drinker, right? And someone knows yeah. how to make that. I'm digging this. I I I, I understand. You know, if you're finding that it's too hot or too boozy, it, it's on the edge. And the more I drink it, the more that I said I was going to try to pitch this as this one's well integrated, not so boozy. But the more I drink it, the more the booze is coming out. Yeah, it it feels a little, a little over strong. Like it, it's, um, I still think it's well integrated, but you have to like that whiskey type I, I, the thing is I, I like it I yeah. do I, I I don't want it to sound like I I dislike it it's just I mean for most of these beers tonight they, they've been like I like stuff but I've never found I haven't found the stuff that pushes them over the yeah, edge, yeah right? this one's this one's like um <laughs> you know um it's like almost <laughs> Yeah, title. <laughs> Almost. I was thinking, like, you know, the game, like, you know, F. Mary Kill, right? Where you have to, like, pick the, you know, like, these are all in the same, like, eh, friends, you know? Hmm. Yeah. What beer would I F? <laughs> <laughs> Almost everyone here is friends. I know which one I'd have. Johan. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, buddy. You wouldn't marry Johan? Oh. Okay. Maybe I'd marry Johan. Yeah. 
I mean, come on. He's a nice guy. I might F Megaboss because Megaboss <laughs> look, is not typically something I, I would hang out with, but looks really sexy today. <laughs> <laughs> like, it got in that weird moment where, man, everything's clicking. <laughs> That's how we're ranking the show for now on, guys. FMK. <laughs> All right. Ranking time. I'll go first. In my last place. Uh, so we're not counting Megaboss here because Megaboss was not what the brewer intended. I think that, that's, yes, only, that's I think fair. That's fair. Maybe a footnote. We'll put a footnote in, the, like not in the notes, but like at the end of the recording. I like. I want to. I want to. After I do my ranking, I kind of want to see where Megabus. I want to see where the yeah. beer that we tasted landed. Okay, I'm gonna put the. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put the Nagneo in last place. Uh, it, it. Part of it is the. I mean, it's, it's seven, eight-year-old beer uh, has a lot going for it, but sobriety, think about what, what's worth your sobriety, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And in terms of the flavor, it really wasn't bringing it. It was, it felt under, like it was really underplaying its hand. Uh, and that's not what I'm looking for in that, in, in a body line, particularly one that's aged. So I'm going to have to put the Mayo there. Uh, in f- fourth place, I guess it would have to be the Greenbrier Valley, which similarly, I think that there was a, an excellent beer there, given a, a slight change of recipe, mm-hmm. push it more in the ESB direction, or at least you know throw get more malt in there, uh, and and there's something really cool. Uh, that would that that would be like something that I would say that that's that's a new standard. Like if I see that, I'm buying that. I gonna I want to have that in my fridge, but it didn't get there. Mm-hmm. It put it push push the malt a little bit. It would have would have gotten there. In uh, third place, the River North, which is this one we have right now. I do think it's good. I mean, I want to put put across that I think it is it is well well done, but it's just a little little hot for my tastes. In second place, the Urban Family, which is a very good sour, but I think that the the Aslan wins again. Aslan wins again. That's true. I mean, not every we we have had like one like what were you thinking, Aslan beer? But other than that one. <laughs> They're pretty consistent yeah. with uh, hitting home runs. Uh, I agree with Greg for much of the taste. Well, no, actually, I don't. A little less than half, apparently. <laughs> um, I'm going to put the Greenbrier Valley uh, Wild Trail in last place. Um, I'm putting it behind the Nognio, uh, mostly because... It had, um, it just, it tasted, you know, like a, you mentioned, you know, if you added more malt, it could be an ESB, but what it was, was kind of this 
just average pale ale mm-hmm. with some average hops. And mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of age on it too as well. They kind of took some of the hops away. So, you know, for me, I'm going to put it in last place. But I still it, thought of sobriety-wise and... Yeah, uh, okay. It's your, it's your record. All yeah. Right. For the Nognio, um it smelled delicious. There was some neat dark fruit flavors in there, you know, the whole sugar plum thing. It was disappointing that kind of it was over attenuated, right? There, like there wasn't enough body left over to be luxurious. Um, and then in third place, I'm probably going to do the Urban Family, the Peacherillo. Um, we're at the place where all these top three beers are really yummy. Um, put Peacherillo in third place. Um, Compared to like the other Urban Family, which I can't remember the deals for, this one, the fruit was kind of like in there, but not really showcased. And I don't, it seems like I remember the other Urban Family, the fruit was kind of showcased and standing out. Uh, I do like their sour balance. I think it's a well put together beer. I'm going to put the um, River North uh, Barrel Age Salmon in second place. I think this one has some really neat barrel-aged imperial-style flavors going to it. I like the integration. I like how it's kind of coconutty and mounds-y in places. Um, I like the booze that's coming through. Uh, you're not getting too hey, much sometimes of Sometimes you feel like a nut. Yeah, sometimes you don't. I like that it's not too tannic and woody. I think there's a lot of really good barrel-aging and imperial-stouting going on in that beer. But, you know, Aslan wins again. I mean... Johan the Mango Thief is delicious. It's a delicious beer. The the way that they integrated that vanilla so it doesn't mm-hmm. over vanilla. It, it doesn't taste like... And they know. didn't add lactose so it didn't sweeten the beer mm-hmm. out too much and turn it into a full-on milkshake. I think there's a lot of good, interesting things going on in that beer. Not too shabby. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Craft Beer Radio. We really do appreciate it. You More can- to come. Yes, we ain't stopping. <laughs> Anytime soon. So if you were hoping, <laughs> if you're God, listening here, stop. maybe this is the last episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to listen because I want to hear the last episode. <laughs> Guess what? This ain't the last episode. But we do appreciate you tuning in. Hate listening to us. That, that That's just as good as love listening. As uh, long as you use the Amazon. <laughs> yes, as long as you're using the Amazon link and ain't listen all you want. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Um, Creative Commons license. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Bear. Greg deleted his Twitter account. So no more tweeting to Greg. You can email him, though. Be, uh, Greg at craftbeerradio.com. Yeah, haven't deleted that yet. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. I can't wait. I want to see. I can't wait for that, like, the next big thing. Let's see what you get on, whether it's the next social media experiment. We'll have to see in the, in, in a future episode of Craft Beer Radio.